Good morning. Let's have your Bibles with you this morning. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. If not, it'll be on the screen here before you. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. When you're ready to read, say amen. 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 The scripture says, Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. In the year that King Uzzah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the reading of your word. I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses that we'd be receptive to your word. That we'd take and apply it to our lives that we may become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you remove me from the issues of me as your humble vessel. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the prophet Isaiah is put into the temple and he sees the seraphim flying around and he knows that he is in the presence of God and he says, oh, woe is me, for I am a person of unclean lips. How many of you in here this morning are a person of unclean lips? Yep, yep, Brenda. Let's show again. All right. All right. We are people of unclean lips. We are around people of unclean lips and we live in a world where this is just, just seen all the time and we get so accustomed to hearing it that we kind of just have become calloused. But here Isaiah says, Woe is me for I'm in the presence of God and this has happened. And one of the seraphim comes and brings a live hot coal and touches his lips with it and says, This is atonement for your sin and you've been forgiven. Praise be to God this morning, we don't have to go around kissing cold because we say something we shouldn't say. We can just say, Lord, forgive me for I have said something that was unwholesome. Lord, forgive me for the sins that I've committed. And we don't have to have uh, this sin atonement because Jesus is atonement for our sin once and for all if we only believe in Him. Amen. So here the prophet Isaiah is looking at all this and he's, he's understanding that with the touch on his mouth, he, he's, he's atoned for his sin. And then he hears the voice of God say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. This all starts with Isaiah being obedient to God. He understands that he is a sinner in need of atonement, 
because of his unclean lips. That is atoned for. And then once that's atoned for, then God is asking, whom shall we send? And he's just asking. He's waiting on somebody to make that first step. So the same thing happens to us. We hear God telling us to move or to do things in our life. And we begin to think, well, somebody else is better equipped for that. Somebody else understands more about this this situation that needs to be taken care of than I do. And so we begin to try to figure out a way to get out of it. But what we learned last week is, is that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And without God, we're nothing. But through God, we can do all things. So we also know that if we say, Lord, you've asked me to move in this direction, and if we're just obedient and make the first step, then God takes care of all the steps thereafter. He just wants us to make the first steps to be obedient and commit to what it is He wants us to do. And we also know He doesn't call those who are equipped, but He equips those whom He calls. Amen? Amen. So He'll give you the words that He wants you to say, the things He wants you to do, the ability to do whatever it is He's asked you to do. So we have no reason to fear that if the Lord asks us to do something and moves us in that direction, just making the first step and then depending on Him, He'll take care of the rest. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Now how many of you in here are obedient to your parents? Or you were obedient to your parents? 99, 90% of the time? 90% of the time? 75% of the time. Lee, thank you for your honesty. Joel said, eh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. When we're obedient to our parents, just like with Joshua, Brenda and Joshua both will tell you I'm too hard on him. And like I told him earlier, yes, I'm probably too hard on him. If you don't get any ideas that I'm going to change anytime soon, it's going to be that way. But what I expect out of him is more than everybody else because I know who he is and I know how mature he is and I expect more out of him. But there are times when I'm dumbfounded when he acts like a child and I have to remind myself that he's only 16 years old, that he is still a child and I have to remind myself that. But at times the Lord looks at us and he, he has to remind himself obviously that we're just, we're just children too. Because we don't do things always the way He wants us to do. We're not always obedient. But when we are obedient, has there ever been a time when you were obedient to God that it backfired on you? Nope. Not the first time. Everything fell into place. Luke chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Garcinet and the people were crowded around Him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. All right, so... Simon Peter and all the other fishermen are sitting around cleaning their nets. They've been fishing and everything's cleaned up. Uh, they've got all the Legos picked up and put away. Uh, they, they've got the house cleaned. They've got the kitchen fixed. Everything's done. Everything's cleaned up and they're ready to go to sleep and get a rest. And Jesus has been, been teaching to them. And they all feel real good about this teaching. And then Jesus said to Simon Peter, let down your nets into the deep water for a catch. Listen to what Simon Peter says. Verse 5, Simon answered, 
Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, because you say so, I will let down the nets. So this is, Simon here is being just like any other child. Just like if I tell Joshua to do something, like it's been not too long ago I told him to do something, and he just looked at me and gave me an excuse for why he wanted to do something else. And it was within good reason, but I felt like I told him to do something, he should just do what I told him to do. Regardless whether his idea was better than mine or not, I was his daddy, and that's what he's supposed to do. Here at the same time, Simon Peter says, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you said so, I'll let down the nets. So when that happens, what do they get blessed with? Verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. So Simon was so overcome with the fact that Jesus had done this thing for him and that he was a, a sinful man. He didn't feel worthy to be in the presence of Jesus. He wanted him just to go away from him. There are times when we feel unworthy to do anything that God asks us to do. But if God is asking us to do it and we make the first step, feeling unworthy is called being humble. Being humble, not thinking that, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I'm supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, that's what God's called me to do anyway, and that, I can do it. Well, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not I alone, but Christ. So he asked him to go away from him. He says, I'm a sinful man. Verse 9, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. So after they'd got all these fish gathered up, they got all their nets cleaned up and they'd got all the fish packed up and vacuum sealed and handed out to everybody who needed them. And first after they got all that done, then they took up and followed Christ. That's not what it says. It says when they got to shore, they left everything and they followed Christ. They left everything and became fishers of men. After knowing nothing about it, but Jesus said, you'll be fishers of men from now on. Don't be afraid. The Lord was going to equip them with what he needed them to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, Lee is going to do a magic trick this morning. He's going to move from one pew to the other pew so fast that you won't be able to see it. Anybody think they'll be able to see it? All right, Lee, go ahead. Oh, he's back. Did y'all see him? Did you see him move that fast? He went from over there three times. Joel and then come back and sit down. Did you see it? Mm -mm. seeing is believing isn't it <laughs> seeing is believing but we walk by faith and not by sight amen? amen 
That means that by faith we know that Jesus Christ is going to return in all of His glory and therefore we seek to serve Him. We seek to be better people. We seek to confess our sins to God and say, Lord, I am a man of unclean lips. We are self-motivated uh, in order to make sure that we look forward to God returning in all of His glory through Jesus Christ. And being able to see that is something that's very important. The disciples saw all of this from Jesus. All the healing that He had done, the fish that He had told them to let down their nets and catch, and yet even though they were with Jesus for three years, being mentored by Him, they still did not completely understand that Jesus was the Messiah. That Jesus had come to give of Himself. And now Paul begins to speak here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. The same gospel that they preached then is the same gospel that you hear preached today. A gospel of forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and atonement for your sins. That if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you confess with your heart and your mouth and your soul that He is King of kings and Lord of lords and that you are a sinner in need of a Savior and ask Him into your heart. He'll come into your heart and the Holy Spirit will live with you forever and ever and that you will be saved from your sins. Amen. That's the same gospel that was preached by Paul. Verse 3. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins and according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised, and on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters, at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Not only did it appear just to one or two, but to five hundred, because seeing is believing. And the more that saw Jesus alive, the more the believing kept growing and growing and growing. To the point that it says most of whom are still living, some have fallen asleep. Verse 7, Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and at last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. We're talking about Paul here, the apostle Paul formerly known as Saul who persecuted the church. Paul became a disciple of Jesus Christ and not only was he just a disciple like the rest of them, he was a disciple with a past. He was a disciple that had so much more to prove because he had persecuted the church that he had to prove his loyalty to Jesus and prove that he was truly on the side of portraying Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul says, I am I'm a, an apostle by the grace of God. 
And His grace to me was not without effect. So when we think about the grace that God has lavished on us, has it been without effect? Has it been without effect that we have, we've had this grace lavished on us, but we haven't made a change in our lives? Paul says, no, I worked harder than all of them. Paul done the same work that all the other disciples did, but he had that past he had to overcome, so he had to work twice as hard. He says, not I though, but the grace of God that was with me. Because why? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, whether then it is I or they, whether it is Paul or the other disciples, this is what we preach. And this is what you believe. Whether it is me or someone else preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, this is what you believe. That Jesus Christ is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And it starts with being obedient. Are you obedient this morning to the call of God? Have you listened to what He wanted you to do? Have you been given grace that hasn't had an effect on your life? I hope and pray this morning that you've received the grace of God and it has changed you from the inside out.